Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get! Don't you ever talk about me! L.O.B. He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! The quarterback, you can't fight! All right, you're very welcome along to a slightly later than usual podcast this week. That's because, um, well, we were we were doing a show. I'm not going to lie, we were doing a show. We got a little bit waylaid by the Three Arena. Mick is here. Mick, very good uh, afternoon to you. How's it going, Jer? We also have Kian with us. Kian, how are you doing? I'm very disappointed I didn't get an invite to the big show. Well, look, just for for the record, you are you have a standing invite now anytime you want to come to any of our shows. That's, uh, um, I, I figured that I was after, like, should, we should have just sent out a general... Anybody who we know, please just uh, please just come to this show. Um, but it turned out it was a sellout, so it was good. It was, it was good. Um, how's your like How's your rugby world cup been going, Keen? Sorry. How's your rugby world cup watching been going? Well, I've been trying to figure out a way to send both of my hamstrings to Paul O'Connell like every monster man at the moment. <laughs> so not too. Uh, every Irish man, Keen. Yeah, yeah, we're all in this one together. Oh yeah, sorry, it's it's hard to to brush that off sometimes <laughs> for for a change. <laughs> no, I think it's, they're, they're looking good though aren't they even even with all the injuries and with Sexton back today so you've got to be optimistic yeah it's true we can, we've at least one more weekend of being optimistic yeah not enough NFL talk in the tree arena on Wednesday night is probably the, the one downside we had sure I don't know if you saw Mike Tyndall on the BBC's coverage of the game in London making the point that I've been making every single time this ever comes up why don't they get some rugby people to teach them how to tackle the tackle is awful in American football, and I, I actually really think that this whole Jared Hayne experiment is going to lead to them searching for good rugby coaches who are getting like 30, 35 grand a year to come over and work for 100 grand a year and teach NFL stars how to just, you know, do that little tap tackle around grabbing legs and pulling them down. Well, you know, that's what the Seattle Seahawks did when they won the Super Bowl. I didn't. They, they re- You should actually even look at it on, on the internet. They released their, their video. They did... Um, I think it's 25 minutes of a, a video of an, an instructional video for uh, high school coaches where they're going through their techniques and their methods. And it's basically what you do in rugby training under 12s over here, where you're squaring up to the player and wrapping him with both hands and attacking the, uh, attacking the waist and trying to get the legs together. And they went on to win a Super Bowl and dominate the best offense in the history of the NFL. So maybe it'll work. Yeah, I think, um, I think my idea of setting up a consultancy might have been blown by the fact that somebody else is already doing this right let's get into this weekend's games um, maybe we should talk briefly about last night there was a, I don't know if it's that much of a surprise I guess it is a surprise given how bad the Saints have been playing but Drew Brees was Drew Brees last night for the Saints against the Falcons and the Falcons can't right, really expect to be going through the season undefeated given where they've come from Keen. well the thing about the Falcons being undefeated is they have a really really soft uh, schedule so last night's game wasn't really a surprise but even even in the loss, they kind of beat themselves. It's very rare when you can say that an uh, one team forced its own turnovers because they had two fumbles last night where one the center snapped the ball against his own ass, and the other the the Matt Ryan knocked the ball into his fullback when he was trying to give it to his running back. So you you have players like that in a tight game; they're always going to be huge. But the Falcons also didn't have a pass rush, so Breeze was kind of 
looked good because he had all day to throw. Vic Beasley is their new pass rusher, and he didn't show up at all. And the rest of the team, they don't really have any quality pass rushers. So these kind of things are going to show up throughout the year. But the Falcons have the easiest schedule in the league. They play uh, right now. As things stand, they have two more game or two more teams, three games because one of them is in the division uh, uh, who have winning records on their on their schedule. So they might not. They're, they're obviously not going to go undefeated now because they've lost. But they could still end up winning thirteen or fourteen games without being a great team. Yeah, so they actually could well be banned for the playoffs. You watch this game this morning? Yeah, I watched it actually. Um, I was going to ask you, Keen, um, where did uh, this Benjamin Watson performance come out of? I seem to remember this guy on the Patriots a long time ago being one of the biggest busts they've ever had out of the draft. But um, he was everywhere last night. Is that just like they were talking about him being, you know, oh, they, they traded away. Um, I'm sorry, total mental block the. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham, sorry. They trade away Jimmy Graham and, and uh, this guy just comes in and takes his place. Like, I mean, that that's a one-off, isn't it? Well, it, it's a one-off in terms of getting that much production, but he has been pretty uh, reliable. He's, he's not usually productive. But actually, I, I saw this morning, someone tweeted, I think it was Eric Edholm, that Jimmy Graham has, even though he probably played one more game, Jimmy Graham has less yards, less catches, and I think it's the same amount of touchdowns at this point as Watson. So after giving him away for a first-round pick, He's doing pretty, pretty as well as him. Uh, Watson wasn't supposed to replace Graham. There's a guy there called Josh Hill who yeah. is a freak athlete. Who, well, not a freak athlete, but he's so big and he's a good athlete. So it kind of the size, athleticism, balance is kind of thrown off. He was supposed to replace Graham. He hasn't really done anything. He's been. I don't know if it, if it's so much about him or if he just hasn't really been included. But Watson's more trusted as a blocker, so he gets more snaps, and just by being on the field, he's being productive. But I think last night his his display was more about the Falcons. Yeah. The Falcons are interesting because they're going in the right direction, but they've still got pieces that don't fit Dan Quinn's defense. So last night you had a guy like Paul Warlow trying to play linebacker who's just terrible. And he can't run with even with Watson. So Watson's able to get wide open. Like even even Watson should have had more last night because Breeze missed him on a wide open touchdown throw when he was running a deep crossing run into space. And it's it's the thing. It's just the Falcons are going to be undefeated. They're going to be talked about as a really good team, but they've still got those holes. And even a team like the Saints can exploit them. Yeah, I know we're not going to talk about this game for much longer, but I just want to point out that um, if anyone watching that game last night, Phil Sims is on commentary. He's now doing two games a week. We hear him at the start of our uh, podcast every week, but like, I mean, he's completely, completely losing it. He says the most nonsensical things throughout a game. There's a there's a Twitter account called Phil Sims Quotes, I think, and which everybody should just watch if you're out watching a game live that he's commentating on. Just keep just keep following it. All right, let's move on to Flategate this weekend. Patriots uh, at the Colts. The line is New England minus ten and a half. Um, that's one of the interesting games this weekend. We're going to talk about the Broncos. We'll talk about the Panthers-Seahawks, which is uh, the Panthers back off their bye. Um, at the Seahawks, Panthers 4-0 at the moment. And the Bengals up against Rex Ryan and the Bills. The Bengals still 5-0 after their brilliant come from behind victory last week against the Seahawks. I do want to start with the Patriots and the Colts. The, the perception is that the Patriots are just going to blow the Colts aside because of this anger that they bear over the whole deflate gate thing. Um, and that might be part of the story this weekend. But the real story here is how awful the Colts are, right? Yeah, but even past that, the real story is how bad the AFC South is because Matt Hasselbeck was able to win two games with a roster that's largely awful. And for for as long as Andrew Luck has been on the team, it's been all about how Luck has carried bad teams. And he has done that, even though Hasselbeck has won the last two games. But it's just, they they showed up, the AFC South has been so bad. So the AFC South is going to keep the Colts as a playoff team, going to keep the Colts as 
a contender in the AFC, even though I kind of it's hard to call them a contender because they're so much far, or so far behind even Denver and then the Patriots. But yeah, I, I think this is probably going to be another one of those Patriots turn up. The Colts might be able to stop them for a quarter or so, but then the, uh, Bill Belichick will adjust to whatever is not working and go to the run or go to the pass like he's done all year. And it's just the Colts don't really have the talent to, to match up to them. Notwithstanding the point that we made about the Falcons' schedule so far, it's clear that a good coach like Dan Quinn can have an immediate impact. It's clear too that you put the right offensive team in various places. We're seeing what Kyle Shannon is doing with the Cardinals, for example. The Patriots, or sorry, the Colts have this a very interesting roster in parts. Now, there are clearly deficiencies on their on their defensive side of the ball. But surely a coaching change here would actually allow us to see what Andrew Luck could do in a properly coached team. Well, it's interesting because I'm not sure if it's the coach or if it's the general manager because they've tried to try to take a shortcut to building a contender and they've invested in a lot of free agents, a lot of they've made a couple of trades that haven't worked. Obviously, the Trent Richardson one is the one that stands out. But you just you kind of look at the roster and you can kind of point to. Major strengths where the wide receivers are. You've got Andrew Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, Philip Dorsett, Moncrief, and obviously Luck in the two tight ends, and then Frank Gore. But then you can point to major weaknesses on the offensive line where you've got a guy like Callum Holmes playing center who doesn't seem to know how to block anybody, and you've got offensive tackles who are just really limited. So it, I think it, it's you can blame the coaching because the coaching doesn't seem to be getting the most out of the gang, but it's kind of hard to just blame the coaching because he hasn't been given much talent and he hasn't been given a a consistent uh, growth. He's been. They've been trying to force things with Lara Landry types, and that kind of thing is just hard to build around when you're a coach. I find this really interesting every year. How does in this day and age with numbers and stats and everything like that, do people build these fantasy teams? Like, so if you're if you've got no offensive line, how do you go out and get Andre Johnson and Frank Gore in free agency? Like, what what's the thought process behind that? It actually just seems bizarre at this stage. I've no clue. I, I can't really under, uh, explain it because... Is it, it, not, I, is it not that they're cheap? Is, Are they not quite cheap? Because, like, you know, Gore might be on two million a year and Andrew Johnson's probably on not much more. And yeah, they're famous rather than expensive. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, is that not the point? It might It might be that, but it also might be that they just overrate their own players, which is something that happens a lot in the league. Like, they've got... Like, they tried to play um, Jack Newhart at right tackle this year and he's a he's a guard. He's barely able to play guard. Well, he, I know, he's, an, he's an okay guard. They drafted him in the second round last year and he kind of looked like a guy who should have been going in the mid-rounds. So now they're kind of trying to put him into a position that he can't really play and they're saying, oh, we, we, we'll uh, we'll put him here, he'll be good because he's a guy we picked and a guy we liked before, even though he hasn't shown that he can play it. And they obviously had to move, they had to move him back to left guard eventually this year. But it, it's that kind of thing where self-evaluation is, is very tough and that's why the that's actually why the Patriots have um, excelled so much. You, you always see Belichick gets rid of players and... They don't do anything. You look at Vince Wilfork in Houston this year, who's been pretty bad, and it was the perfect time to get rid of him. The only guy that Belichick has ever really gotten rid of that looks great is Danny Woodhead, and he was able to replace Danny Woodhead with Tian Lewis. So I think the self-evaluation, as much as to bring, uh, evaluating players from the outside, is a problem. Um, okay, let's move on. Cause, uh, Sorry, just to, if, if you're playing fancy this week, Patriots running backs against the Colts. Um, it was the game, obviously, last year with the four four touchdowns for... Um, Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Blunt has had hilariously big games against them recently. They tend to get 200, 250 yards rushing against the Colts. It's just something that, obviously, Belichick just sees in the um, Colts' defensive scheme. The, uh, the problem there, though. The problem there is you're going to pick Deion Lewis, you're going to pick Garrett Blunt, and then Brandon Bolden. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point if you're talking about fancy, actually, yeah. Um, the Seahawks 
that game last week, uh, maybe it's the birth of Andy Dalton as a serious quarterback. Maybe it's a one-off. But the Seahawks are entering that period of the season where we go, oh, actually, maybe this is a real crisis. Whereas, you know, uh, they're not the same team that they were last year. They've had significant changes. They've they've really struggled to work Jimmy Graham into the offense. And the Panthers are 4-0. Now, granted, this Panthers team has been riding some unbelievable play from their quarterback and they don't really have much talent around him on the offense at the moment. So you would expect the Seahawks to be able to get back on track. But if they go two and four, then that's kind of full-blown crisis material. Yeah, it is. And you can trace it directly back to their preseason where you had Earl Thomas was coming off his, I think it was a shoulder injury with Earl Thomas, where he was coming off an injury he didn't play for the first three weeks. I'm not sure if he even played in the last preseason game. Richard Sherman was dealing with his elbow injury that he suffered in the championship game last year that kept him out for all of the offseason and affected him in, in training camp in the preseason. Jeremy Lane, is who tore his ACL and broke his arm in the same play in last year's Super Bowl, is out for the year. He never played. Tyrell Simon is the other cornerback who would have played ahead of him uh, if he was injured, and he broke his toe just before the start of the year, so he hasn't played. This has forced Kerry Williams into the starting lineup, who they signed in the offseason. They probably wouldn't have signed if they didn't have all these injuries in the first place. Kerry Williams is better known as the awful cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles, who signed a big deal and got cut early in it and was one of the worst cornerbacks in the league last year. Um, and then you've got Cam Chancellor, who was holding out, who has looked a little bit lost because last week the Bengals, he gave up two blown coverages that led to the first touchdown. It's a long uh, so list. These are things that are going to sort themselves out eventually, you would think, but... I think the Panthers are probably a good remedy this weekend because the Panthers have Ted Ginn as their main option. So it's kind of, and Greg Olson is there too. But once you take Greg Olson away, which they should be able to do, you're looking at Ted Ginn instead of AJ Green, what they had last week. So I think the Seahawks should be all right this week. But yeah, if they lose to this Panthers team, major questions will need to be asked. The uh, Cardinals take on the Steelers in one of the most interesting games of the weekend. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, we won't have Big Ben, which means another week of Michael Vick screwing the place up and, and ruining one of the great offences that we've all been desperate to see on the field at the same time. Yeah, well, it was pretty great last week in Monday Night Football when they ended it without Vick getting the ball at all in the final play, which was a crazy call, but obviously a call that worked and a call that was really exciting for everyone who was watching. But I think the, the big thing here is Bruce Arians going back to Pittsburgh for the first time since they were t- tried to retire him a few years ago. Because Arians has been phenomenal. And, and it, we, we can focus on Big Ben being out, but Carson Palmer might be, well, besides Brady probably, Carson Palmer might be the best quarterback in the league right now. And that other guy in Green Bay who I kind of forget about these days because he's so far ahead of everyone else. But Carson Palmer against the Steelers' defense is going to be pretty tough for the Steelers to handle. And he's... Him with John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, who looks like he's 26 again, even though he's 34 or something like that. This could be a great game, even without Roethlisberger. Yeah, in that you expect the Cardinals to kind of annihilate them? No, I I don't think so, because I do think Bell and Brown, even though Brown has kind of been out of it with Vic, Bell is so good that the offense is going to keep running. He kept them alive against the Chargers, and he kept that game going. But I, I, I think the... The Cardinals could easily destroy them like they did the Lions last week, but I, I wouldn't expect them to. Just before we move off this game, if anybody's listening, there's an awful lot of people who have kind of come to NFL over the last couple of years and stuff like this. Super Bowl that these two played, I think it was 2009, 2010, eight actually, was probably one of the best games of football ever played. It was just uh, Steelers won it with a last second catch in the corner, the back corner of the end zone from Santonia Holmes. So one to check out if is you're on your NFL pass Jerome like, Bettis is that no the, that was a few years before 
yeah. was 2005. Yeah. Actually, the, the funny thing about that is Todd Haley was the coach of the Cardinals back then, and Bruce Arians, I think, was the offensive coordinator of Cedars, and now they've swapped around. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to, uh, we should talk about the Bengals. Uh, they, they're, they're real, right? This is a real thing that's going on with the Bengals. Their, their defense is unbelievable, and they do have this glittering array of talent, which is... Uh, you know, if you if you match up with the wide receivers well, or if you match up with the tight end well, they've got two running backs who can kill you, and they have a very confident quarterback who has always had the talents but never had the temperament. Maybe it's so difficult to match up to that offense. They have so much talent. Uh, uh, Tyler Eifert and Marvin Jones were injured last year, and Tyler Eifert might be the second best tight end in the NFL right now. Again, it's kind of like quarterback you kind of forget about Gronk and just whoever's next in line. But Eifert is. I think Sam wrote about him this week where he was saying he's Jimmy Graham, except he can block, which is a terrifying prospect because Jimmy Graham can't block at all, but no one can cover him. And you've got Tyler Eifert there, but you've also got AJ Green, who's already a top five receiver. You've got Jones coming back, who's a really talented player, and you've got Mohamed Sanu. So Andy Dalton's got four receivers who no defense in the league is going to be able to match up to comfortably. And while throwing to them, he's throwing to them behind a great offensive line. Yeah. So he doesn't need to be great. So Because he's not great under pressure, and he just hasn't been under pressure at all this year, has he? No, he hasn't. And even even when he's not under pressure, he can still be unreliable because in that Seahawks game, he was kind of running out of clean pockets and throwing the ball. or He couldn't really break down coverages when given time. But because they're so talented, he just has to throw the ball up and someone will make a play. And like you said, Jared, they can still run the ball even if you can't stop the offense. So, or even if you do find a way to stop the offense, even though I don't think anyone will. So right now, it's, it's basically it's all on Dalton again. But the Bengals are just so talented. They're able to take so much pressure off them that they're going to be a very good team. Kim, we time to talk to you about one last game, and this is uh, the Broncos at the Browns. The Browns obviously have um, finally found a quarterback who can run this team um, for at least the next couple of weeks. But they're coming up this week against possibly the best defense in football at the moment, um, and the Broncos are incredibly fortunate that they've got the best defense in football at the moment because they have a quarterback who can't throw the ball further than about five yards without it bouncing on the ground. It's kind of amazing that Peyton Manning got this dominant a defense at this stage of his career. Yeah. Because if he had one five years ago, he'd have probably won three or four Super Bowls in a row. <laughs> the iron. Uh, uh, I think the only concern for the Broncos right now is Demarcus Ware is out with a back injury, but I think it's only two or three weeks, so they should be able to beat the Browns without him. But that defense, yeah, that defense looks like the Seahawks defense of a couple of years ago, where they've got a defensive line that has three pass rushers who can beat you, and three pass rushers you want to give help to in Von Miller, Malik Jackson, and Ware. And then you've got a secondary where people can they can match up to anything. Well, maybe not the Bengals. They can match up to nearly anything, and they're going to create turnovers. They're going to stop you in the running game. It's just it's a phenomenal, phenomenal defense with all the t- kind of talent you need and an, uh, a defensive coordinator upgrade going from Jack Del Rio, who's now the Raiders head coach, to Wade Phillips, who was out of football last year, which made never made any sense because he's been a great defensive coordinator for years. All right, we've got to leave it there for now. Kian, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us again this week. Thanks, guys. Alright, time for us to talk about our picks. This is Mick's picks, because that's the it rhymes, that's why we name it that way, even though Mick is picking as is Donny, as am I. Donny, a very uh, good afternoon to you, wherever you are. And Sunny Balls yeah. Towers there. Hello, hello everybody. Very good, well, yeah. Hi well, Donny. Uh, so last week you picked the Pats minus nine, mm-hmm. Bengals minus three, Atlanta minus seven. You got one right and two wrong, or one right, one push. I was one, one and one. I 
I believe it was a push on the Bengals game. It was a win for me, another win for the Pats, who were unbeatable against the spread this uh, this year. And uh, I got – it was a jammy overtime touchdown uh, that Atlanta beat Washington by. If I got that extra point, if they kicked fucking PATs – excuse me, if they kicked, <laughs> if they kicked PATs in overtime – I would have won that one. So look, but I'm having a good season. I'm 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 above 500. I haven't had a losing week yet. I think you guys, Mick. I don't even think you even bothered to make picks. I made none. I made. Yeah, we were three. we were a game ahead of Donnie, weren't we? Up until last week. Uh, he emailed saying we were all wrong. So yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't really counting. To no, we, we said we were two games ahead, but we were actually only one game ahead. So oh, that's okay. what we were wrong about. Well, I didn't make any picks last week because I was. Uh, uh, watching, or I was in a post PPI haze most of the weekend, which followed by Ireland rugby and football games, and a little bit of pre tree arena stress added in. It just kind of meant I kind of kept forgetting to check the lines. I had the Saints plus six. Uh, that was nonsense. They got hammered. The Pats, and which obviously won, and the Giants minus seven against Colin Kaepernick, who decided to show up. Donald, am I writing saying <laughs> that you have gone with the Pats? Money line every single time so far this every season. Every week, yeah, and you've won every single time. No, well, there was that jammy, um, the jammy cover that the Steelers had in the last week of. Uh, oh, that was to push. The game. Yeah, and that was yeah. only a push. But they, I mean, not only have they, they've won, they've won every game. Obviously, they've won like so easily. It's just been such a great season to watch it. Yeah. I'm I'm going with Pats again this week because they're playing and because we've looked at the ESPN line which is minus 10.5 and, and the Paddy Power line is 7.5 and, and we're going ooh 7.5 that sounds pretty good to me yeah I think yeah. we're all probably taking that but like no no not, what not touching that this week no I think it's the uh, trap game well I think the Colts is their whole season here and they, they've obviously been resting luck up two weeks to get them ready for this game <laughs> uh, I, like everything it's going to be heated obviously the Patriots aren't, aren't going to hold back but I think I think people are going to ask questions. I think there's questions to be asked of the Patriots' defense, and I think it might it might be too emotional for the guys. Uh, I, I do think they'll win, but I, I I'm scared of I, I don't I'd be scared of that game. I think it might be closer than people think. Mm, right. Maybe, but I have watched too many Colts Patriots games over the last two years. Yeah. Three of them, in fact, where the Patriots have like killed them, actually mm-hmm. murdered them um, on the ground mainly, as we talked about earlier. And I can't see it being any different. I think the Colts are a lot worse a team than they were. Um, now, obviously, they'll probably have looked back, but I don't. I just think that. But it's an I just think. Look, the, like, I, I just think <clears> the Patriots <throat> are a much better team than them, and I think they're going to kill them. And let's not forget. Let's not forget a certain word starting with D and ending in gate, with inflate in the middle. All right, let's move on. Pat's minus seven and a half. I'm picking them. Mix picking them. Donnie is not picking them. Um, my next game is the 49ers. I'm taking two points for the 49ers at home against <clears throat> the 1-4 Baltimore Ravens, who Court. may or may not have Jim Harbaugh on the bench. He's going to come along to lend some support in uh, Levi's brother. Stadium. You're, you're, you're a sad, sad, hopeful 49ers fan, Jer. This is the first week I've not picked against them. Okay. You saw a lot of hope last Sunday night. They played really well. They should have. Um, they should have won the game. This was despite the fact Odell Beckham Jr. pulled them apart for three quarters, and uh, Carlos Hyde is actually the best running back in the league at making defenders miss by according to Pro Football Focus. So uh, yeah, they've got they've got some stuff going, and they have to start winning at some point. So okay. um, forty nine is plus two at home. That's not bad. That's well, the not, Ravens are a sham as well. They what are a joke. The team. It looks like Forsett's going to be injured, which means that um, 
They have. Did did any did Forsett go high in any of the leagues that you guys were drafting in? Pretty high. Like if there was ever like a trap player who was going to be a one season wonder. Well, yeah. I know he got a touchdown last week, but. Uh, or he played brilliantly last week. He's back like 130, 160 yards, I think. Mm. Um, they fixed their offensive line, but and he probably is going to have another five or six games, which are good. Except they've got this kid who I drafted in our fantasy league, Buck Allen. Who, uh, Buck Allen, what a great name oh, yeah. for an NFL player. Javorius, I believe, yeah. is his first name. Yeah, Javorius. You drafted him, Jerry? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, everybody said that he has the. Physical attributes to be a typical three-down running back. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. He's he's the one I want. So, so you're saying I should cut Talaferio? I own him as well. <laughs> I've decided. I don't have him in any leagues. I stocked up on him, and so one way or another, it's coming good for me there. So I'm picking them, and my third pick is going to be the Arizona Cardinals minus three point five against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are at home. Um, so this is, uh, you know, it's going to require a big performance. We've just heard Keen say that he thinks it's going to be a close game. Um, I just cannot see Michael Vick not getting in the way of the Steelers and the Cardinals are brilliant and they're going to win. Okay. I've been with Arizona a good bit but I'm going to leave them this week. I'm going to take my picks now to give Donnie some frantic scrambling time. Thank you. And um, I am going to hilariously and I don't know what I'm doing take the Chicago Bears the, who have won for the last two weeks somehow um, on the road to the even worse Detroit line, Lions with three points, um, with so plus three for Chicago. Um, I think the Lions are crap and they've completely given up on their season as well. So you add those both together. I Lions the Lions are 0-5. Jesus, I didn't even realise yeah, that. Yeah, no, they're, they're terrible. Like, I mean, they keep falling apart in second halves of games. Like, and they benched really Matt Stafford last week. <laughs> really bad sign. That's a pretty bad sign. Um, Chicago aren't great, but like they seem to be at least trying to win these close games plus three on the road to Detroit I'm going to take that and I'm going to take so I've already said the Pats I'm going to take three road teams believe it or not which is like such a foolish thing to do and take the Denver Broncos minus four on the road at the um, Josh McCown Cleveland Browns Mm. Uh, Browns were pretty good last week I don't know but I think the Broncos will just win that game you know 10 points kind of thing like you know 10-6 20-10 10-6 Okay. It's going to be 10-6 It's going okay. to be a push <laughs> well, Alright okay so gonna, on, That's a very low scoring prediction They're going to kill Peyton Manning Whatever yeah. the under is in that game I would be interested in it mm. Well we look at that again Anyway there are my picks Donnie Well You picked I've the Pats I've looked at it here I, um, I'm int- intrigued by Miami On the road in uh, Tennessee I watched the horrible game That Joe Philbin got the can over And uh, you wonder Now they've had Ten days to regroup and get their stuff together. Um, Titans are frisky, but not great. You got to think there's talent on that Dolphins team. This new guy comes in; he's sort of like a Tom Sula kind of a character, the tight end coach. And maybe he can just sort of like change the energy in the dressing room. I like it's only a one point sort of they're one point underdogs on the road against one of the worst teams in football. I you got I think Miami if they're if they're if they're men they're gonna they're gonna win that game. So give me Miami. Plus one. Um, I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done in my life, and I'm also going to back the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars for the first time. Oh, they first are, time ever on this podcast, I would imagine. The uh, Blake Bortles got to say he's a top ten quarterback these days. Definitely like in the lower half of that. <laughs> Too uh, much cousin yeah, style in your life, buddy. There's, there's only eight good quarterbacks. That's the problem. 
so. And they've got two, you know, they got two really good receivers. They do. I think Denard Robinson is back this week. Houston are not good. Julius so. Thomas played last week as well, so once they learn yeah. how to integrate him and things as well. They've got, they got legitimate weapons there. I, picking I think the top five for 19 years in a row, you're bound to eventually have a good team, aren't you? I think none of these guys are first-round picks either. No, well, they, they lost their first-round pick this year. So. Yeah. Um, so give me Jacksonville for the fun of it. And I am interested in Carolina on the road. It's really Seattle. down to pick in Seattle, but they're given seven points. And I, Seattle, is a, they're an implosion waiting to happen. They've been terrible this year. Um, they blew that game against Cincinnati. At, like I know they're good at home, but like Carolina 4-0, they have something to them. Defense is really good. That's going to be an ugly game, like terrible to watch. One of those, you know, one of those sort of like you're watching that game at like 11 o'clock at night and you're on a Sunday and just like, this is depressing. Yeah. Life is depressing. It'll be one of those kind of nights. But, I, you know, I think Cam can kind of run the clock and manage that game. So, they're 4-0. Yeah, they're, not they're plus like, seven. Seattle, what, Seattle lost three games already and it's mm. great. I mean, yeah, that's, but that's they, at some point they've got to stop losing games if they're going to make the Super Bowl. Carolina coming off a bye yeah. as well. They're not, yeah, they're going no, west. Zero weapons. They're, they yeah. are not making the Super Bowl. That team. I do not. I do not think. So, uh, Jared, when do you, do you you don't want to talk about how I'm going to destroy your unbeaten run? This uh... I'm just looking at here. So I'm five and zero oh in our in our uh, oh, yeah. balls fantasy league. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one that I'm not in anymore. No, you are. You're in it. Oh, that's not balls league. The dynasty league. It is. Yeah, the league of Lake Velikra. Set up by Donny. No, the other one is the Balls League. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Isn't it, Donny? Yeah, you're right, Nick. <laughs> uh, projected score, as it stands at the moment, I'm still going to beat you by 31 points, dude. Now, you had... Julio did... I was hoping... he. I actually watched a little bit of this game. I was up watching baseball last night, and I saw... Um, I saw Julio look pretty good. Um, didn't get you a touchdown, so... No, they... He, he threw a uh, touchdown to Roddy White, which has never happened in the last yeah. year. And he threw another touchdown to Devonta Freeman again, who had like 37 points, uh, ridiculously. Yeah. And he was actually going to win the league single-handedly um, yeah. for James O'Connor. Yeah, you're, you're hedging against that. So I'm, I'm looking here. Yeah, but so you've got Beckham has a gammy hamstring. He's gone. If, if these teams, if, you, if they hold it, you're, oh, you have the Broncos too as well. Well, yeah, you're not as confident as you were ten yeah. seconds ago. Right? <laughs> um, so I've got, I've got to say, the Charkhandrick era is beginning uh, for my team this week. I could not be more excited to welcome him to the office. Low, like, I may be one and four, but I've restocked and I have every good running back who's like in their first or second year beyond who's not whose name isn't Todd Gurley or Chris and, Carlos uh, Hyde or Coleman. I, 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 well, Coleman had a terrible fumble last night. I would say, mm. like, but he, every what, time he ran the ball, he beat the first man. I've got. Yeah. He's going to be a good runner. I've, I've restocked my running backs nicely here. I have uh, Buck Allen, David yeah. Johnson from Arizona, Isaiah Crowell, all on my bench this week. That's how good my yeah. uh, my bench is at the my moment. My bench includes uh, Andre Ellington. I see, Jared, that you're Still. sticking with the uh, dinosaur that is Megatron. Yesterday's news. Well, uh, you the know, busted flush. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's got to come good at some point, and against, mm-hmm. against Miami, perhaps this weekend might be an opportunity for him. But I, you know, I'm not entirely sure that Antonio Brown's not going to make a, an appearance in place of yeah, the right. gammy hamstring Odell Beckham Jr. But thanks for reminding me that he's injured there, Donnie. Keep Antonio Brown on your bench. Yeah. Well, you, if you go, I would welcome that move. That really? would be that would be a nice charitable move for you to put an Antonio Brown in, in like the six fancy points that he's brought to the world since uh, Ben went down. Yeah. Joe, who are your uh, running backs? 
My running backs now are Chris Ivory. No, yeah, Chris Ivory and Carlos Hyde. You want to make a trade with me, don't you? I don't. I'll take Antonio Brown off your hands, no problem. I'd, I'd for like uh, Alfred Morris? No, I'll give you Forte. <laughs> oh yeah, 37-year-old <laughs> He's 29. Forte, who's on the block. Uh, my other running backs, as I've just said, are all actually really good. I'll give you Ellington and Blunt. No, I'd for Blunt. Brown. Blunt only gets... Get, get the game when they're 40 points up and they're trying to yeah but they're always 40 points up no thanks buddy I'm really happy Carlos Hyde back in the game Chris Ivory's uh, an unstoppable beast at the moment and when when he goes down he's going to be replaced by uh, Stephen Ridley who I just picked up who interestingly enough uh, James O'Connor had to drop after he picked up Cameron Artis Payne you may remember mm-hmm. Cameron Artis Payne from this podcast when mm-hmm. Donny said that he made an absolutely amazing trade by pawning off Marcus Mariota for Cameron Artis Payne, who's the backup running back to Jonathan Stewart at the Carolina Panthers. Well, good I'm front gonna, office I'm, management there, buddy. I can't even keep up here. I don't know what's I'm going to correct the. I've paid there. no attention to fancy this year. You've uh, you've told that story wrong. Um, the way that I was, Mr. Padden, Billy Joe Padden, who's in our league, I was managing his team for him over the uh, as he was. I was managing his draft as he was in the south of Spain. And he had asked me to pick Mario to second for him. And I, in uh, amid the chaos of that live draft, as you might remember, I ended up drafting Mario for myself. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then started to feel bad about it. And then what I, I decided afterwards that the, the right thing to do would be to trade it, to trade Mario to two, two and thinking that, like the, that, I, you know, and the guy he had ended up with was this guy. Mr. Artist Payne, who I'd never had heard of before. So then I, tra- I mean, that seemed like a legit trade, like the right thing to do. And then as it turned out, Mariota had four touchdowns in the first week, but hasn't really done much since. So yeah. I don't, I have no regrets over that at all. He's going to be all right. All right. That's where we got to leave it this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to tell you how I kicked on his ass and to um, tell you how our picks went. Not well, I would suggest, based on the amount of preparation that we did this week. <laughs> All right, enjoy the Back football. Back on Thursday Whatever next you watch. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Normal service will be resumed. Normal, yeah. Good luck. Bye.